one verse. But there's so much there in that one verse. In fact, there is so much in all three readings today that I could probably preach 300 sermons on each of them, but I'm going to narrow it down to one for New Year's Day. Happy New Year to you and happy eighth day of Christmas in the strong name of Jesus, the only name of salvation. For today, you see, is a day of resurrection. 2022, whether you liked it or not, is dead and buried. Maybe it makes you sad. Maybe it once make you say, thanks be to God. 2023 rose at that very moment. Every death, whether it is a day, a year, a person, brings your death and your judgment to the forefront. Are you afraid of what comes next after death, or, or do you not fear death and judgment? I mean, It's only human nature to kind of fear what you don't know, what you haven't seen. So your answer depends upon whether you remain under the law or under the promise. Do you seek righteousness, life, and salvation before God by doing the law as God demands? Or do you trust in the promise of wanting to be justified, reconciled, declared not guilty of sin, and saved by believing in Jesus Christ? You are only able to enter into a new calendar year with joy when you believe Jesus Christ has kept the law for you in your place as your Savior. You Beloved, you are righteous before God by faith in Jesus. Outside of Christ, you remain and are unrighteous. So, either you are saved by the works of the law or by faith in Christ. There is no other option. There is no third option of gospel. Granted, the law can perhaps achieve external righteousness before your neighbor, Other people are able to look at your zealous attempt to keep the law of God and maybe even give you a compliment or two on your upright living. Yet this is living in prison because the old Adam despises, despises doing the right thing. In time, all attempts at keeping God's law the way God intends it to be kept end in failure. The ultimate failure, beloved, is death. St. Paul understands these attempts at clean living, or what we think is clean living, when he says in Galatians chapter 3, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. All external attempts at righteousness fail because the law of God not only expects external but also internal righteousness. Absolutely, totally, completely, utterly perfect righteousness within and without. You can't even make a mistake because you are learning. You're just supposed to know. God expects perfect love toward him. And towards your neighbor. But can the law teach you what that perfect love is and how you're supposed to go about doing it? No. All it does is accuse, condemn. The law, beloved, only preaches repentance. 
Earlier in Galatians chapter 3, St. Paul writes, For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. Then I wouldn't have to stand up here and talk to you about Jesus all the time. We wouldn't have to have crosses on our church with Jesus Christ and him crucified on it because we could sit there and give ourselves a self-backpat or, if we can't reach around, a good self-high-five and say, I'm doing all right. I'm perfect. So the law reveals iniquity to all instead of being able to declare you righteous. The law, St. Paul says, was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. I'm going to give you a chain of passages now. We're going to work from Paul's letter to the Galatians into Paul's letter to the Romans. And I want you to notice one of my favorite conjunctions of all time. You know I'm a language buff. You know what conjunctions are. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Yeah, I'm Gen X. You can tell. I can quote Schoolhouse Rock with the best of them. Today's conjunction junction word is but. And I like gospel buts and I cannot lie. But when the fullness of time had come, St. Paul says, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, His faith is counted as righteousness. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That, beloved, is concentrated good news. The onus is off you. It all goes on Jesus. Jesus you see, laying on the cross is not there to show you what comes next for you. Look at what you must do now in order to be just like me. You are just like him in the fact that the strong name of his resides on you. It goes in your ear And by the power of the Holy Spirit working through that word that goes into your ear, it cleanses your heart, makes it a heart of flesh. It draws you to water, baptismal water, to be washed clean in the name of the triune God. It also teaches you to despise sin. And to look at Jesus as the only hope for salvation, the only redeemer, the only justifier, the one who comes as a child in this holy season of Christmas to bear your sin, to be your savior, to love you with an everlasting love, and to cover you with his blood and his righteousness.
That's what Jesus does today for you. I know, it's odd, really weird that you come to church and you hear the word, the feast of the circumcision. Isn't that a personal, private decision between a mother and a father and a doctor? Not in this case. The circumcision of Jesus, beloved, means everything. For today, our blessed Lord, at the age of eight days old, keeps the law for you. It was laid down to Abraham that if you're going to be a child of the promise of God, and if you're male, you're circumcised. You are a child of the promise, and that's the mark. Jesus undergoes that mark for you. Fulfilling the law. Placing himself under the law. He who is above the law, beyond the law, goes under it. To keep it. Every jot. Every tittle. Dotting every I, crossing every T. Not to stand before you and say, do as I say and do as I do. But to say, this is for you. I know you can't. I can. And I do this all for you. Not for my sake, but for your own. Paul recalls Hagar and Sarah in the next chapter, Galatians 4, as allegories of the law and the promise. And he writes, what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son. For the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. You can't earn any inheritance. Oh yeah, you can put on airs and try to make it look good so that a dead loved one might actually remember you in their will. But not this will. Not this testament. This, you see, is a gift. A gift that comes in believing Jesus is your only Savior and your only Redeemer. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. You are a son, a daughter of Abraham. Not by blood, but by promise, by gift. You are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. There is one thing that is for certain as we are nine plus hours old into a new year. Beloved, there will be suffering this year. It may be a corporate suffering. It may be a personal private suffering. Everyone is going to have to bear a particular cross or perhaps multiple crosses this year. In all of the crosses that you have borne and still bear and will bear, take heart. You, in Christ, have a good conscience. Because Jesus first bore that cross for you. Every burden of yours in Jesus is made light. For he has paid all your debt. All of it. No, really, all of it. The sin that you're trying to hide right now from God, it's taken care of too. The one that you really don't want to talk about, 
Yeah, that one too, paid in full. Your salvation is accomplished. The gift of forgiveness in life here is put into your mouth, into your ears, and into your life. The old has passed, and the new has come. And the new is very familiar in this new year. The law is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who first shed blood for you this day, that you are called his son, his child, his heir, his righteous one, his beloved one. His precious one. Ain't that a great way to start a new year? And to celebrate the eighth day of Christmas? To put ourselves in mind of our own personal eighth day. Right there. Eight sides to the font too. Did you ever notice that? Your eighth day. Jesus' eighth day. And while you relax and play on this New Year's Day, Jesus is hard at work for you. And he's not earning triple time either. And he doesn't mind it. Because he loves you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.